0: This is Suzanne Toro and Thomas Hardavani. You are tuned into Oneness Talk Radio. One World, One Voice. Expanding your vision.
1: This is Thomas and Suzanne with Soul Vibes and Indie Creators.
0: Tardivani, you are tuned into Oneness Talk Radio. Follow, follow the sun, and which way the wind blows. When this day is done,
1: this is Thomas and Suzanne with Soul Vibes and Indie Creators.
0: here we are Thomas. Today we're gonna be diving into a little soul vibes around the concept of purity. Usually at this time of year in the springtime we tend to uh, cleanse that term spring cleaning, purify. Easter's around this time of year where people if they abide in Lent uh, have different ways of being reflective in their theological practice. So I thought it would be a lot of fun for us to maybe banter back and forth a little bit about this idea of purifying, purifying the mind, the body, the
1: heart, the soul. Doesn't sound very fun. Oh. I mean, like (laughs) making everything dirty is kind of fun, right? Like like destroying or or polluting the soul, polluting the mind, polluting the body with, you know, drugs and alcohol and partying and all sorts of great stuff that we, we label as fun. I mean, if that stuff's fun, then what hope is there to ever attaining purity, right? So I guess the idea is to somehow make purity fun or the pursuit of it, uh, a rewarding one and one that we would go to uh, just as much as we go to polluting our body, minds and spirits with what we call fun, right? Yeah, Aww. Song and dance and, a, a, and excess and, uh, you know, indulgence and all that's fun right uh but how do we uh attach uh the fun word the f word to uh to purification or uh how do we do that i mean that would be really be the question Uh, well
0: fun and there's a buddhist metaphor where they suggest the lighter your suitcases are the easier it is to move from one place to another meaning
1: moving's not fun (laughs) Have you ever moved? Oh my god. Moving is horrible. It's it's horrible.
0: Hey, well, yeah, I just met someone that doesn't even move. Uh, He told me he just sells his home, all the belongings, and buys new stuff for the new house. Yeah, that's because how much he hates moving.
1: Change change and conflict seem to be synonymous with each other. Whenever there's change, there's the greater potential for conflict. So moving is definitely a it's a whole series of potential conflicts because you're stepping into unknown spaces with, you know, possibly uncharted waters, with uncharted neighbors, uncharted schools, uncharted circumstances maybe pertaining to the weather, not a particular location. I mean all of those things are potential conflicts. But I guess uh, the more pure we are moving into our shifting or changing or moving opportunities, the the less conflict maybe. So that could be a, a good reason to want to purify oneself.
0: Well, let's look at what the benefits are when we purify. You know, it's a hot topic for a lot of people to cleanse. In Ayurvedic and Chinese principles, it's a healthy ritual to actually, and even in Native and Indigenous practices, there's fasting, there's... That's uh, not fun.
1: Fasting's not <laughs> fun. Oh my God, that's horrible. <laughs> You can't eat eat the food you love? Oh, my God.
0: So what's the benefit of feeling pure? I mean, what's the the
1: benefit of even trying to be healthy? I mean, there's no fun in it whatsoever. You don't
0: think so?
1: Well, well, like what? What? Limiting your food? Eating vegan? Eating, like, grass and weeds and trees and stuff? As opposed to eating your, you know, your burgers and your steaks and your chicken and your fish? You know, I guess uh, fish is good for you. But th- there has to be like something other than it's good for you.
0: Well, th- something that happens. Like what, what, like what,
1: what is good? What, I mean, something, things that are good for you sh- should be fun, right? Well, I
0: think they're definitely fun. I mean, it. I guess it depends on the person. But purifying, you know, that purification actually makes you lighter, makes you levity, have levity, laughter. I mean, when I go into asylum retreat. By the time I come oh, out of Oh, that's I'm... fun,
1: Silent Retreat. I love it. Oh wow. So that's another one. Right next to eating bark and weeds. Silent Retreat.
0: By the time you come out of there, you're laughing. I don't know. I get lighter and lighter. It's like I've had a happy drug by the time I get out In of there. In order to purify,
1: you have to eat weeds and go into silent retreat. Doesn't sound doesn't sound too fun. I think the I think the key for myself and maybe maybe the audience is to try to relate how to purify ourselves in our moment-to-moment existences, using what life gives us on a daily basis to take those opportunities and to use them to become better in. If that's our pursuit, if the pursuit is to evolve or maybe we're sick because of our indulgences, typically people don't think about purifying until they're sick, like, oh, I'm sick, so now i got to... Think about my health, and I got to think about my way of life, and I got to think about my my tendencies and my bad habits, and my bad eating habits, and my bad mental habits, and my bad attitude, and all my bad things. I got to start checking because now the body's not holding up because now I'm sick. Uh, I think the goal would be to nip that in the butt before Absolutely. you got, before you got sick.
0: Absolutely, ideally,
1: but it's hard to remember these things unless there's a reason and a purpose to create a change or a shift or to move into another direction. Moving doesn't have to necessarily mean moving your home, moving neighborhoods. It can just mean moving your perspective on what you're paying attention to and what you're taking into your life. Uh, And and the pure purification starts with the, the mind and goes to the body and then back in, back to the mind, but from that perspective, the mind is not what it was. So going from the mind, correcting the mind, feeling the physiological uh, shifts and changes, and then coming back to the mind, which is now viewing things from a different perspective. It's kind of like paying attention to one thing, making a correction, feeling the shift in the entire organism, and then coming back to the mind with another fresh perspective, and that way we've moved we've moved uh, our perspective, and uh, we've earned that through our conscientious shift. This is Thomas and Suzanne with Soul Vibes and Indie Creators.
0: Well, by moving the mind's attention perspective, that's one part of it, and then taking responsibility for what may be witness within oh, that's that-
1: that's not fun, taking responsibility, that's another thing. <laughs> Oh geez, it's just another burden <laughs> on top of the day. You got to pay all your bills. You got to pay, take care of your kids. You got to so from your... You got to get up. You got to like take care of your parents. You got all that responsibility. Now you're saying, in order to purify, you have to take on more responsibility. I'm exhausted.
0: Okay. Well, let's, for instance, in this day and age, we have a lot of people on different types of medications, so they don't feel their suffering or their pain.
1: Well, why purify? Why? That's the question.
0: Yeah, so I know how to work through something like in my system. the clearly
1: having more fun <laughs> than those in heaven, right?
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think that's relative as what's accessible. So when we purify, you have a, a deeper sense of a, of access to what I call like seen and unseen worlds. You have a deeper access to the magic. So... Yeah, you can hang out in Dante's Inferno and, like, you know, have a great party, have a lot of fun. They, you know, pollute the system, pollute the mind, and be quite happy there. There's no doubt. I, you know, there's no doubt that you can go and have a great time in those experiences. However, the net result can end, you know, you could end up with a disease, disharmony in the system. When you start to purify the system, and I've witnessed this within indigenous cultures... There's a lev- levity to uh, those communities. In addition, there's the ability to access things that are so magical that you can't get through drugs, alcohol, sex, rock and roll because you have to have a state of awareness and being to access those. So that's kind of fun. Are you fun. saying it's
1: fun to access those?
0: Absolutely. I feel like a three-year-old kid whenever that little magic happens happens. It never gets old.
1: <laughs> ah, so you're, so you're conscientiously <clears throat> pursuing a sort of no, magical state.
0: No, I don't conscientiously grasp at that. I um, allow it to arrive. I know. I notice uh, the more disciplined I am, uh, the m- more magic arrives in certain ways. But I, I hold myself in check and balance with that. Like I don't want to be grasping at that that, that phenomena. It's definitely not available in the same way in Dante's Inferno.
1: Well, how can you tell you're pur- purifying? How can you tell it's actually happening? How, how do you know you're just not diluting yourself with another uh, ideological toxicity?
0: Well, that's possible, too. Absolutely. Um, I think you have to have a checks and balance. You have to, you know, even that idea of the magic of maybe uh, being in higher states of perceptual consciousness and then certain things happen that seem... Like what? ...really magical. Oh, uh, gosh. Well, there could be environmental phenomena where you I remember one time being on the open desert and with one of the Hopi leaders and there was this giant cloud formation that he magically shift into this perfect eagle, then a, a huge comet flying us over overhead. The, the whole experience... You just said
1: a huge comet flying us overhead. Flying
0: over our heads, sorry. A, A huge, huge comet flying, flying over, over our your, head. Over your head. You know, and we're having this beautiful tea ceremony, and then getting to know some of their mythological characters. In that moment, all the magic that was occurring for all of us was special. It's not something that you can necessarily say, oh, define it, but it's still with well, me. Well,
1: you, you can say the magic was there before you were, became aware of it, correct? Absolutely. Well, that's cool, because now, now we can say, well, the there's magic here, but but we're just not able to see it so if we purify or we cleanse or we filter down to our basic essence we we have access to the magic that's already there yeah we're already here right here right now but we're because of our if we're toxic in a... or diluted mm-hmm. perspective of things because of our immersion into our likes and our dislikes and our preconceptions and into our biases and our the things that we, we 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 have been taught, we're not able to see or sense the magic that's here now, right? So the, the idea is to the idea is to uh, re put a revaluation on the faith that there's something here that I'm not able to see yet, so therefore I make steps and strides to clear away all the obfuscation in order to get to the magic that's here.
0: Absolutely. And the conversation, I mean, I'm th- when we're talking and I'm... shortly after that, we left Hopi Nation and we went to Sedona in the Creek. And one of the Hopi uh, deities, the little clown kachina, you've seen it. The Hopi kachina likes to uh, poke fun at the parts of you that you take too seriously. So uh, that was my gift. Imagine <laughs> leaving there. But that kachina in the dances delivers watermelon to uh, the the people in the mesa after the ceremony so we're in the forest I went out hiking in the middle of the forest all of a sudden there's this beautiful watermelon out of nowhere because I'm in a redwood forest or not a redwood but a pine forest in Sedona up above the creek Uh, again that's a mystical experience someone could say oh, someone just dropped that off, but it's fairly unlikely that someone's just hiking around with a big watermelon and left it. It doesn't really matter, I guess, how it got there, but again, a nice little magical reminder in the moment um, of something that's beyond here. Uh, And the purification, the conversation with, in my experience, the conversation with nature becomes deeper, the support from nature becomes deeper. So a lot of people out there that might be uh, numbing themselves out, uh, having all that fun in Dante's Inferno, are missing the support that's right around them everywhere, I think, when they're not in as a purified state. They can feel alone, and when they suddenly realize they're supported by nature uh, that's around us, it's pretty magical in the ways that nature can reassure us.
1: Well, it sounds like you're becoming aware of the... The symbols and the, uh, the the life that is immediately surrounding you when you're in your mat, able to access the the magic that's here, um, and through your efforts of whatever those efforts were with the Hopi, allowed you to put a revaluation on your sensory experience of the here and the now, and then uh, able to pick up the symbols and the suggestions and the. Uh, the beauty of Possibly the beauty of what was all of, all the omens that life was sort of serving up giving you a particular possibly uh, po- possible type of direction to go into or a reason to persist to stay where you are or a reason to keep practicing uh, This your purification principles, uh, which is really beautiful. That's a that's certainly a tribute to the uh, To the American Indian way of life uh, and what they've been able to sustain and continue to bring to us through their cultures, that's really beautiful. But to the more practical person that doesn't have time to go out to Hopi and sit with a Native American ancestor, so to speak, uh, and to take their lessons directly, uh, what are some basic ways in which uh, a person can begin this process without destroying their day-to-day, moment-to-moment ritual?
0: Well, I think in the very simplest form is they can start with the breath. Uh, That breath, uh, basically, I was reading the other day, because people a lot of times say pranayama is the breath, but it's actually you're sipping up the cosmic energy uh, and letting it feed and enliven the system and purify it so that you have more momentum to move forward more more uh, clear energy in your asana practice as it relates to yoga well not
1: everybody knows what asana So, well asana
0: postures in yoga the you know most people know they see that sometimes here or there but a, a yoga class or even stretching whatever it might be so a simple way is to bring that breath in to really sip up Your life force and the life force that's around us through the trees, through the sun.
1: It's so airy-fairy. Oh my goodness. Well, this
0: isn't so so airy-fairy, it's kind of scientific. Like
1: like I gotta get up, I gotta go to work, I gotta take care of my kids, (laughs) I gotta like, uh, I gotta like cater everybody that needs me at work, (laughs) then I gotta come home and cater to my kids, cater to my partner, somehow etch out some sort of a social life in the short amount of time I have left. Thomas and Suzanne with Soul Vibes and Indie Creators. So, 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 really so then I wake up again <laughs> and I'm faced with the same challenges and I have to go through that. So the hope is well, uh, the hope is, is that that ritual or those sorts of efforts are paying dividends in a number of different ways. One is, is that the person, as they move through their day, uh, becomes more enlightened and more happy. And as they move through their week, their week is better than it was when it started. And as they move through their month, their month was better than the previous month. And they feel like they are understanding who they are more and more within uh, the environments that they exist in, therefore their choices become better and better and therefore they're able to evolve in their lives. Most people don't have that experience of things getting better and better and things remaining fresh and appreciating, you know, your growing children and your, Expanding businesses and your evolving relationship. Ideally, we want those things to all continue to expand. And if one of those things is not expanding, then we feel bad. Or we get depressed or we're feeling um, out of sorts. We feel like, what is this life for? I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I here? Uh, all of these existential questions start to come into play because now I'm suffering. Because now this is becoming a grind. And now I start to question myself, and I start to question my environment, I start to question uh, my own circumstances, and now things become more and more difficult for myself. So the idea, if that's your life, and things are becoming more and more difficult, and things are not becoming sustainable, and you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing, or why you're here on this earth, and what value you actually have, that's that's an indication that aspect of ourselves has become toxic and our natural mechanism is saying hey something's off something's not right how you're proceeding into things is not correct we need to figure out how to make an adjustment and so either we start seeking and hopefully we find somebody that can give us a a good hint as to what's going on and where to go you say go to the breath observe body breathing observe Try to become more present in your life, and that's it. And that's where we begin. We always begin right where we are. We don't begin by saying, hey, I'm going to put something off for another couple of weeks. Hey, I'm going to start right now. I'm going to try to assess really what's happening here. And what's the next move that I can make that's going to be beneficial for me and understand that that's the only thing I really have control over and to value that. And then things start to take on a different meaning. Now the worries and the fears take a backseat to what you can do here now to help your situation. And in doing that, we're able to begin to purify our efforts. Right? If we're able to sit and stop. And last week we talked about the stop exercise. We talked about ways to transform negative emotions which is a very evolved next level way of dealing in life so as to not only grasp or deal with challenging circumstances, but to take them and transform them and use it as a rocket ship of opportunity to blast off into, right? But this is more of a personal practice. Purification has to do a lot with, uh, with the Taoists and uh, what Lao Tzu had a lot to say about polishing one's mirror uh, and, and understanding that by polishing the mirror, the reflective aspect of ourselves that um, perceives itself. They're saying polish that mirror. And A lot of our mirrors are all cloudy and fuzzy and we can't get a clear sense of really what's going on with ourselves. We don't really see ourselves so clearly. But to polish that mirror and to continue to understand how to Remove the distortions in the mirror, and to remove the dirt, and how to moment by moment clear, clarify the true existence that we have based on the sensory input that we get, allows us to um, be happier, be lighter. You see, you mentioned the word lighter, levity, levity. Start to see the watermelon in the forest, and see that as a symbol of prosperity or well-being or however you see the eagle in the sky and the trees in the forest and how you understand your relationship to nature. It's polishing this mirror is how we begin to understand the true relationship we have with ourselves. And uh, that's, to me, internally, the, the, that that's, a, that's an extraordinary practice. Because as the mirror becomes more polished, uh, an individual's ability to perceive becomes more astute and uh, their ability to receive what the environment is giving them becomes more keen and to choose to follow those signals or to use that higher sense of perception to your advantage, whether it be, you know, seeking prosperity, whether it means uh, developing an intimate relationship, whether it means understanding what to do next in order to create a better future for yourself doesn't really matter. How you use that, those higher abilities to perceive the truth of what's happening around you is is polishing that mirror. How to polish that mirror? Wow, I mean, so many different ways. But it, it has a lot to do with, in the end, how we perceive the world to continue the process as long as we are perceiving it in such a way that it's not, doesn't become a confrontational or it doesn't become violent, uh, uh, we're able to stay continuing to polish that mirror.
0: Absolutely, and I think that the common denominator, like globally, if you look into all different types of belief system, there's always there always is this ritual that's uh, been woven in uh, based on their different belief system to purify, to, and purification sometimes means to do without. So if you fast, or you cleanse, or uh, you go, you stop utilizing all your senses.
1: Yeah, maybe. but that's not, I don't, I'm not sure. Doing without is not addressing the action that needs to be taken.
0: No, but it, what it does is it creates space. So when we subtract, this is one of the most beautiful lessons nature taught me. Up in Canada, I was on the Sunshine Coast, out in the garden one day, and. The reflection back from Mother Nature was the power of subtraction. So this is not connected to any belief system other than the interface I was having with Mother Nature in that moment. And in this quick moment, her showing me the ability to subtract to actually create more space and then to be able to create expansion for yourself and gain from there so even in the so, doubt so, so, so
1: subtraction is like polishing the mirror absolutely removing removing the r- removing the distortions from the mirror but the action of removing the distortions from the mirror is the thing that you're doing so there is an action to subtraction subtraction is just this this it's a it's a you're perceiving something from one perspective that's whatever was there is not there, but there's something else there that was achieved by doing something.
0: Right, but it, and it builds upon each other as you talked about even evolving like in your your life, your relationships with your, with your family, all of those things, is the more you meet yourself in this purification process, and it's, it's not like you're doing without forever. It means that you're consciously choosing at certain points in time, whether it's in your day or within seasons or within your month, to actually say, okay, I'm going to like purify my system. And what happens, what I've noticed for myself is every time I do that in different shapes and form, I gain that perspective that you're talking. And yeah, I may go back to certain habits or I may go engage in the world in a fun way as you would describe or whatever it might be, but they're still annoying, whether it's how, what I'm consuming, whether it's the type of people I'm engaging with, all those things. There's a knowing because I've been given the clues during that process of purification. And yeah, then but, it's, but at
1: no point are you really doing without. You're just doing something else.
0: <laughs> well, I guess like when I'm in Vision Quest and don't eat for four days and drink for four days, I'm doing without food and water.
1: Well, yeah, But, 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 but I
0: am doing something else, yeah, in that process.
1: Yeah, but, but what, what, what you're not doing with the food and water it simply means you're not putting your attention there your attention is somewhere else correct so it's not about being without food and water because your attention is actually completely directed into another task this is
0: Suzanne Toro and Thomas Hartavani you are tuned into oneness talk radio one world one voice expanding your vision
1: so uh, the, the you know the mind when it starts to think about oh i have to do without if i'm to purify that's a discouraging way to perceive purification. The encouraging aspect of purification is you're not doing without anything. You've just chosen to do something else.
0: Well, I, I think that's a great. You've,
1: you've chosen to add, right? As something else, right? As opposed to subtract something else. Something else will will, will go to the to the wayside because something else is at the forefront. That is more important. Because you've given your attention to it, and the more that the attention stays on whatever activity that is, the the greater understanding as to why your attention is on that activity becomes relevant, um, and that's the beauty of uh, uh, removing the fear from the purification process. Like, like I was joking and adding, what if I, you know, re- remove all my d- drunken debauchery mm-hmm. and all my. Drug taking and all my staying up late and carousing and perusing and womanizing. What if I give all that up? Oh my God, who will I be? Uh, I don't. I I feel like I won't exist. And so the fear of having to shift uh, is actually an illusion in itself because I'm not losing anything. I just I've just chosen to add something else. I've add I've chosen to put my attention on. Uh, The time that I wake up, the time that I go to bed, to what it is that I'm going to put into my body that's going to encourage it to heal, to uh, being conscientious about what I put in front of my eyes and what I listen to in my ears, and to uh, be more aware of uh, those sorts of mental impressions that I'm allowing into my mind. I might be choosing different television programming I might be choosing different music I might be choosing to play music I might be choosing to go to the museum I might be choosing to go on a sailboat ride I might be choosing to learn a new language I might be choosing just simply to add another place where the, my internal light will go and stay there long enough in order to expand my horizons
0: Right, but in the in the alchemical response of nature, how it works, which is, is is scientific, a mirror of something that's magical at the same time, there's one of the elements is called space. And in the Tao especially, they'll encourage you to create space, meaning you do subtract, you remove, whether it's physical space, whether it's from the physical temple, you do that purification, cleaning, clearing out and you don't fill it back up with something. So the aspect you're saying like redirect the attention to where you want it to be if I'm on a vision quest and I haven't necessarily subtracted, I've just reappropriated my time to focus on something else is partially true. But if I walk back from that vision quest and realize like wow, I all of a sudden have an unexplainable different relationship with food and water than I ever have had before in my life. A deeper trust and faith in what Mother Nature provides for me. And so then when I go back into the world, I might all of a sudden shift everything that I'm doing based on that knowledge. Or I might take some time to integrate it. But that's what I'm talking about in the purification process. You receive a lot. You create space for it. And then you might create even more space by the time you return from it if it's more of like something like that where you go into retreat or quest if it's a day-to-day thing, just carving out a little extra space that's not filled up uh, is, is pretty magical when you know, especially for someone that's working a lot and doesn't take time, maybe take creating space from their phone. All of a sudden, you know, they may have several more hours just to not fill up and see what happens um, is a way to purify, cut down on the infeeds that are coming into the system.
1: Well, it's, an, it's very idealistic of you, but <laughs> mind will always be somewhere. Not, and, not,
0: not if it's clear. It doesn't need to be anywhere.
1: Uh, well, you, you, you have to verify that. But what you'll find if you try to verify that is your mind is always somewhere.
0: No, no, not, not if you go truly into a meditative repose. Your mind is empty.
1: But your mind is somewhere within that emptiness.
0: It's nowhere and it's everywhere. So I don't don't necessarily Uh, agree with that.
1: Okay, well, you just said it's everywhere. So we'll we'll, we'll agree to agree. (laughs) Thanks for verification. No. So the point is, is the mind is always somewhere. So the concept of subtraction is sort of a fallacy because the mind is always somewhere. I think you should just... The senses are always... No, I think you should
0: define for our listeners because you spent time in a Zen monastery. So when the mind is empty, it's not somewhere. There's no thoughts. It's, it's just an empty vessel, like this cup on the table.
1: Well, don't confuse thoughts with being somewhere. Thoughts are not the, the directive or the indication that I am somewhere. Have
0: you dipped into the void before? The gap?
1: Well, the gap, it would be somewhere. My mind would be involved in allowing space for that to occur. So I would be conscientious of what that might be. So I am somewhere. And the mind will always be receiving sensory imp- input, and always the attention, and awareness, and the attention will always be somewhere. And even if it's to opening a door to allow for a new experience to step into the void, the the attention was on allowing a door to open so that but, I can see what's behind the door. Right. The and whole, now I exist in the door.
0: Right. But why you? Exi-
1: and I exist. <laughs> I exist. I exist. I means that I have. A choice to be in that space that I am in. Unless I'm drugged, of course. But in this case, I'm assuming that uh, I'm moving through an enlightened progression that I've earned. Not just popped a pill or drank some tree bark juice that's going to make me vomit all over the place endlessly. I'm talking about earned progressions.
0: Of course. So I think we're going a little deep uh, into a place that might be, we might be splitting hairs.
1: Well, th- that to understand that the mind is always somewhere means that the things that you might be worried about losing by attempting to purify oneself is, is, is an illusion. The first thing that anyone must do is to sacrifice their sufferings. Now, that's an interesting concept. It's like, oh, I have to stop suffering in order to see things for the first time, see things fresh, uh, in order for me to see the truth of what's happening around me in the moment. Sacrificing a suffering allows us to take a look at our attachments and to realize that the suffering that we have is conscientiously being held on to, which is the obstruction to purification so when we attain the need or the courage to sacrifice our suffering so that we can see the beauty and the bliss and the benevolence that the world around us actually has for us and the choices that we actually can make to maintain our well-beings until we sacrifice our suffering the other side of the fence When the concept of purification, the practice of purification doesn't become possible. And as, you know, the the great Buddhists say, they warn us about attachments, all suffering comes from our attachments. This is Thomas and Suzanne with Soul Vibes and Indie Creators.
0: However, it is possible to peel the layers. You know, it's like getting a good loofah salt scrub. There's (laughs) Oh, There's, of layer- Yum. <laughs> There's layers. There's that- layers. Salt scrubs. <laughs> There's layers of skin that come off. Uh, it, it what to what? Let new skin grow uh, to shed. There's I don't you know. We're- it's, an,
1: it's, an, it's an interesting analogy because we do have dead skin for a reason. It's to protect us from UV rays and to keep us safe from uh, the environmental influences. And if we do. Get a salt scrub or a loofah scrub, our bodies are actually very vulnerable to a lot of the things that the in, environment might uh, infect us with, certain sort of bacteria right. and UV rays and all of that stuff. So that's an interesting analogy, yes. And there is a certain vulnerab- vulnerability or perceived vulnerability in the purification process. But as one hangs on and sees the world through a fresh pair of eyes long enough, the purification process within the mind and the, and the body and the spirit starts to create this physiological understanding that this is a good place, this is a place I can go, and this is a place I can carry with me into any set of circumstances that life has to offer. And because of that, I will be part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem when I do deal with life directly with a purified perspective. And that, that's a whole other leap It's a leap of faith. That's like somebody who's gone on the start of the journey and tried to do the journey and attempted to purify oneself for years. And all of a sudden, they realize, hey, I can take this out of the meditation hall or out of the yoga studio or out of the church and bring it into life. Not just be safe with it in these safe environments, but to actually become that bodhisattva. And take it out of the walls of the monastery, and to start to try the principles out
0: Absolute. outside
1: the walls of that absolutely of that, but of that very protected ideological space, and realize, wow, I, this is this is really interesting. This is this is wonderful, and you know, then we when we learn to become actors at that point.
0: You and acting. Real real actors
1: at that (laughs) point Well
0: Okay, so we started with purification. And so a Bodhisattva, someone that's taken Bodhisattva vows and decides to want they want to transmute them in a way that they would like leave their robes or they're a lay person and they're have a bodhisattva commitment, they're still gonna be within their practices, whether they choose to go to the monastery or not. That's you know, that's gonna be a preference for many people for different reasons. And even in indigenous culture, again, they're always going back to that process within their rituals, within the communion of nature itself that gives them everything they need to sustain. They're always going back to their practices, and part of those practices are to purify. And even if you look at yogic texts, there's a purification process. There's one that naturally happens. You become less attached you you there's simplification there's retirement of the senses all of these things uh, create a lot more space to observe life in, from a lens that is more beneficial maybe for your well-being and others so let's transition there about the idea of purification and how it benefits not only self but others around um, because you know yeah it might be fun to you know, party every night like a Saturday night. Uh, but if we start purifying, how does that elevate the state of being uh, within self and then the surroundings?
1: Well, the irony of partying every night and celebrating, uh, uh, it is the equivalent of having a purified mind. You just might be drinking a half a bottle of vodka in order to purify your mind and purify your spirit to allow you the freedom that you need to express yourself as you truly intended to express yourself, uh, without inhibitions. The irony of an individual that's taken the time to purify their body and their mind and their spirit—they have that innately, naturally. They don't need to throw down a half a bottle of vodka, or pop Molly, or do cocaine, or you know, get stoned out of their minds in order to have that freedom. The 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 great twist and the reason to pursue it is that you do not need those sorts of drugs to have that sort of experience once you've gotten into the purification process you have that innately within you every step that you take life is, can be a blissful experience absolutely if so share from how... a from a, uh, from a if, if, if the body is optimized and the mind is trained disciplined enough the f- true freedom that we have, can be expressed. But it th- this funny thing between the discipline and the heightened senses. You know, a lot of practices suggest dulling the senses and weakening the senses, but the fun of being human is heightened senses, sensitivity. Well, heightened, well, heightened heightened direct experience of the life that you have and then directed with the discipline of the mind, so it was to channel that energy into a really awesome direction. Yeah,
0: but so to, to specify, cause and that th- would be fun, but so Thomas, you're limiting yourself to five senses, maybe six,
1: I'm limiting so, myself to about 14 senses.
0: No. Okay. Well, no. 14, fine. You're limited to 14. There's 256 senses that you could access those beyond 14 or maybe you've mastered accessing beyond eight in a sense. Um, those take a practice, those take a discipline, those take purification. Those aren't given away. It's kind of like, and there's a responsibility like we talked about last week with transforming negative emotions. And um, there's a responsibility when you start to access those different abilities, those senses. So the reason they would bring that up in um, yogic principles or even Buddhist principles or the Tao is that the senses retire the ones that we satiate ourselves with, but other ones amplify. And it's a trade-off, you know. So if you want to satiate yourself, you know, with gluttony, with food, let's say, and really enjoy that food, what happens if you retire the gluttony and the need to satiate your senses the way you're used to, beyond that is a sensory experience that's greater than the one that you've been satiating yourself with. In from a culinary sense, let's say, but that isn't given freely. You have to like want to, you know. It's like becoming a, a black belt. You know, you don't get that freely. You have to achieve it through all the other belts prior. Correct?
1: Doesn't sound fun what you just described, but to, to understand that, to understand <laughs> what, what do
0: you mean it's not fun? But to, but, to, <laughs>
1: but to understand what's fun is. The realizing the potential of the body through an extremely healthy, sensorily active body, uh, whether you're, uh, and then through the discipline, of whatever practice that that energy can be channeled through allows for the bliss and the euphoria of of life to be experienced without, you know, without enhancements, without drugs, without understanding that that within this body, uh, Allowed if you purify the body and you start to work the body into its potential, sensorially becomes the, an extremely, extremely powerful tool for communication on many, many different levels. And this is where Tantra, on many Tantras, comes into the picture where uh, the discipline of channeling all of that energy through certain practices starts to come in because now life becomes the sacred vessel. All of life becomes this sacred vessel if we're able to purify our actions to a high degree continually. Not just a moment-to-moment flash of, you know, a cool experience, but the entire life becomes this momentum of bliss. Uh, and uh, that sounds too good to be true. It sounds like it can only come through a pill. Uh, but through uh, purification, practice, all things become possible. From a really healthy, powerful perspective, dance, creativity, anything that you can. Higher frameworks of thinking, higher frameworks of scientific perspective. So, education <coughs> takes on a whole nother meaning. All right. of a sudden, you know. The, so the, let's the bring it back. Astrophysics yeah, and but, astrology and spirituality. But Thomas, let's bring it back. beyond practices. the eye,
0: beyond the eye, because. There's this sense like if you entice people, and that's what, to be perfectly honest, a lot of communities have done entice people with esoteric practices that they really don't have a full knowledge or understanding and applying it to today to justify their behaviors. However, if we really do the work, like you really do the work and and dive in, what are the benefits to others? Because say there, there is a responsibility. As soon as you start operating in higher states of consciousness, you can't just necessarily uh, have comp blanche at life in the way that one might think if they had this uh, at their fingertips. There's a responsibility because there still are a lot of people sleeping around them, maybe in Dante's Inferno. Um, so if you can share a little bit uh, what the benefits are to the surroundings when one takes responsibility for that purification surrendering your suffering
1: or beyond that we're we're in our bliss we're in our bliss when we are able to realize our protect purify the body and discipline the mind then all sorts of things become possible and uh, what's the... that's the beauty of it that's the fun of it and, and the as, as far as higher states of consciousness they have their own rules in other words, you can't break certain rules within certain frameworks of mind. Uh, because if you do, then you will lose that that ability to perceive from that perspective. So nature has set that up on, on purpose, clearly, because...
0: Well, that's why they would call certain texts the secret text. So this is what I'm talking about. People will pull, like I have these beautiful Tonka book, and people will look at them, and they might be a little perverted, not the the tankas the people viewing them they'll be like "Ooh, a woman but the the really the buddhist is teaching about what what the human grasp at and are you willing to surrender what you grasp for to see beyond what that is so some of them people will get really confused and then they start to make up their own little rules like look they want us to experience this, and that's not really so. The nature is similar that way. The secret doctrines are right before our eyes. The magic and the mysteries right before our eyes. However, you have to be willing to deepen your your communication within self and then within the environment around you. And yes, there's definitely that bliss that occurs uh, through these practices for certain. So, from your experience, where do you feel, how does it directly impact you know, your immediate surroundings, your community, your work, all of those things?
1: Well, in order to cha- attain you know, certain levels of practice, you need a group of people that are similarly on a similar path. Uh, at a certain point, you, you move from your own practice into practicing with other people and then practicing within a group of people uh, in order to start to attain the great heights. So it doesn't really matter what vocation, whether it's arts and science, sciences or whether it's uh, athletic endeavors, the, there's there's work that one must do that it can only do with oneself and that's typically committing to a particular practice and studying it to a certain degree and taking yourself as far as you can take yourself and then engaging the help of hopefully a master within the craft well, or whatever but, it is that you're uh, up to. I'm <laughs> whether... still
0: avoiding the question. What are the benefits? <laughs> well,
1: that, to... is the, that is the benefit. The well, benefit is, be, you said, what is the benefit of the community? Well, you what, you become part of a community. No, to
0: the community. Right. Just pretend well, that...
1: Like to the community. So I require other people to to be with in order for me to evolve to the next level well, say you're a nomad. I, then i need then i need a group of people so now now comes my contribution to the community within whatever it is that i'm trying to achieve it could be politics it could be business it could be whatever it is that i'm doing it could be a, an orchestra okay it could so be a within, choir.
0: within that within orchestra what would you say is your benefit what your contribution through your states of bliss through your purification process. What are you gonna bring versus if you had done a fifth of Jack Daniels the night before? You come in and you're ready to well, the play. Fifth, the
1: fifth of Jack Daniels will deplete you the next day. The, the, by going into a practice in a higher framework, of, a higher state of mind, you are carrying that wave into the next day and into the next day. And that wave and that energy is gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger and that understanding in whatever you're involved in, and it's going to become deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's a it's a building, progressive expansion, uh, and uh, uh, your discipline will determine how much you're allowed to take in those given moments. Uh, the more free, the more disciplined, the deeper one can go. This is Thomas and Suzanne with Soul Vibes and Indie Creators. But that contribution into that community of let's say musicians, or let's say uh, athletes, or let's say a a business that's growing, uh, your deeper understanding of what needs to be done allows you to be an asset to the survival of whatever group that that is. Uh, You can see how a group of people trying to survive in nature and the challenges that nature brought that group of people how that sort of thinking and that sort of ritual would allow them greater opportunities to survive. Uh, whereas now we use these things to make money and we use them to maintain our health and we use them to uh, entertain. Uh, you know way back when these these heightened senses of perception were used to survive. Having a sense of when the cold front's coming in or when the weather is changing. You know, the well, lead- also used to the leader, the leader and those ancestors, the leaders of those tribes had better be keyed into the objective reality of the world that they were living in. Otherwise, they wouldn't make it through the next winter. So all of these wonderful creative tools or all of our abilities, our innate natural abilities come through a necessity initially. Uh, and that's why a lot of us don't seek out these higher pathways until we're sick. Because now it's necessary that I stop drinking. It's necessary that I stop smoking. It's necessary that if I continue down the road that I'm going down, I will perish quicker than I would like to. Yeah. In circumstances that I don't want to. I want to go out in a blaze of glory. I want to die a good death. <laughs> I want to go out, I want to go out, you know, maybe at the peak of whatever it is that I'm doing. And going out could mean going out retirement, let's say. So maybe somebody, retirement for most people is a type of a death. Well, I want to retire going out on top. I want to go retire at my best and uh, before i before I let go of that whatever effort it is that these people are involved in. And those that are most evolved maintained a proper perspective. They they maintain their bodies and their minds and their spirits in order to bring their best selves into their families, into their communities, and into whatever vocation that they've chosen to do. And those people are the winners. They they manage to do that and organize things in such a way where they can be at their potential through decades and decades of contribution through public service. Those are the winners. The rest of us are trying to figure it out. But you know, the ancients have given us the answers. It's just whether we have the courage to really practice what it is that they've laid out for us and understanding that it's not gonna come through a push of a button, it's not gonna come through a pill, it's not gonna come through social media, it's not gonna come through pleading oneself every night with drugs and alcohol because that's a short road. You know, that's a short road. Yes, drugs and alcohol allow us to have our freedom in the short term. Purifying ourselves, making efforts to take care of the body, aligning it with gravity is very important. <laughs> Shifting our perspective so that we can see things from a healthy perspective and not a reactive perspective, uh, allowing us to make better choices. These are the things that uh, allow us to realize our potential.
0: As we wrap it up here, Thomas, why don't we, you share, I think you just shared a couple of Ways to purify the system from a moment to moment basis, as you would say. Um, Are there any other ways that you would like to share to the listeners that they might engage with uh, surrendering their suffering and purifying their being?
1: It's fun to sacrifice your suffering, it takes courage. But then to step into unknown spaces with fresh eyes is exciting. And you can always tell the old people in the room because they're not willing to try new things. You can always, and that, that old person could be. 17 years old or that old person could actually be old the point is is that if people are not willing to step into new spaces and have the faith that they're going to be okay trying new things Seeing dropping old ideas and seeing the world with a fresh pair of eyes. Those are the young people
0: So you can be a young
1: person until you're dead (laughs) uh, Until you're 100 years old if your eyes can see and if you're open to well, seeing things for the first time, and that's, and that's a continual process of purification. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's a beautiful book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, which is all about continuing the practice of coming back in the moment and seeing things fresh for the first time. And, and uh, that beginner's mind is really uh,
0: absolutely. absolutely
1: essential to realizing our potential in the time that we have here on this earth however long or however short that might be.
0: Absolutely. I mean, willing to meet each moment as if it was the first time, because there is sometimes monotony, especially if you have discipline towards wanting to uh, become an amazing guitarist, there's going to be consistency. So meeting it as if it was the first time you picked up that guitar and ran your fingers over those strings, heard the first strum, and felt into the possibility of what you could create with that instrument is, uh, in my mind, a beautiful way to begin a moment.
1: Well, you have this instrument, it's called the body, and it it offers us, uh, it's an amazingly resilient piece of equipment that uh, sings our song every day. How we sing that song and how we engage the people that we love and how we treat ourselves is a is, is is to to do those things well is a is a is a worthy goal.
0: Well, Thomas, thank you for taking the time to dance in the fun and non-fun aspects of purification. <laughs> May we find the balance between.
1: Maybe you. It was a, that was a that was a fragment. You just ended between. A, a dot, it was dot, a dot dot. dot. Absolutely. Dot. You, you did, know, I you love dot you, dot you dot. You, dots. Did not, you didn't know how to close it out.
0: That was it. Maybe find the balance between. I don't. I don't think. It's going to be
1: to each his own and how one purifies oneself and makes things more simple for them in any given moment is a, is an individual path and life offers each one of us the opportunities to do this in.
0: Well, and also when you're at your highest potential, sometimes when things are going great, that's a perfect time. I hear that more than not, even with my clients that they'll, um, Forget like oh everything's going well. I don't do, I don't do my path. I won't meditate or I won't be aware. I won't be conscious, and then they'll have an eruption, and then they're back. You know, so really to apply this, these principles all the time is going to, as you would say, build your effort and your merit towards this thing that you're expanding upon.
1: And eventually, the efforts change because as you attain different levels of understanding, you'll be able to make different types of efforts that are more expansive and. And and broader and more introspective.
0: This is Suzanne Toro and Thomas Hardovani. You are tuned into Oneness Talk Radio One World, One Voice, expanding your vision.